You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. I know it'll be a difficult show to get through, and I know you're going to have a lot to say. Oh, boy. I'm getting my vocal cords ready here on an exciting episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. This beautiful human being right across from me in the sweater that I always love when you wear that sweater, by the way. This is Adam. Aw, and this beautiful human being sitting across from me also wearing a very similar shade of shirt. Oh, yes. We got the red memo today. Mm-hmm. Is John. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey, we should have really put on our teal albums for this one, huh? Uh, <sighs> yeah. Oh, get up, boy. Get up your 80s uh, yacht outfits because, oh, boy, you're in for it today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I have, a, I have a feeling this will be a, a classic G4D episode. I am so pumped to see what you're saying. I could tell that you're like primed and ready. I see the the vein in your forehead popping out. I see the gears turning. Like it is just gonna be. You ever see uh, what movie is that? You you, you ever see? Um, you've seen Pulp Fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Of course you have. The scene where he opens up the suitcase and the gold light comes out. Like yep. I just imagine that that's your notes for today's review just a gold suitcase of just one insult after another yeah something like that <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about not one but two albums again yeah we're we're going back to the garage mm-hmm. really with uh this new mike kroll album called power chords and then we're going uh, depart from the garage <laughs> and everything they used to stand for with weezer's the teal album which is, you know, self-titled, but different colors. Oh, Yay, yeah. gimmicks. <laughs> I remember the 90s, too. Good times. I think we should save that album for after the other one, because I think we need to talk about something good before something bad. Yeah, right? I've been very excited and looking forward to this album, which is Mike Kroll's Power Chords, his first album in four years. He is a rock artist from la california how would you describe his music one would ask probably like an indie version of the ramones yeah i feel like that's the best way kind very of lo-fi recording very lo-fi kind of in the same vein as jay raytard mm-hmm. um his first two albums have probably the longest song on there is less than three minutes mm-hmm. so very fast very quick very very upbeat very upbeat very you know fun dancing kind of punk music i don't know it's really cool it's very he's got a very unique old school style like you know you're talking about oh let's incorporate old elements into new things he does it very well and this is his first full-length album really that has a song that's over three minutes on it so it's kind of cool to hear you know how he transitioned from these short songs to these new songs so john this is your first mike Kroll album yes sir it is what did you think this is a really fun album 
I was not expecting it to be this fun. Not that I don't think you would have shown me fun music, because you show me fun music all the time. But this one especially was probably one of the most fun albums I've heard in a while. Nice. Just pure, crunchy, fuzzy guitars with just like that kind of recording of vocals where the mic just sounds like it's about to give out. Yeah, it <laughs> basically know? sounds like something's going to break when he's playing. Oh, yeah. It's it's like you're watching a guy playing in his garage with really, really cheap equipment, and he's just using it to, like, his using all that equipment to, like, its last dying breath. Like, yep. all this equipment's about to fall apart, blow up, fuse, fuses blow out, everything. Like, he is just going to go out, even if he's the only guy up on the stage there. Yep. And... For my first exposure to this guy, I think the thing that I really liked was those lo-fi elements and the fact that there's definitely a very, like, nostalgic feel to this. Yeah, there there's a show called Steven Universe where Mike Kroll makes an appearance in Cameo. Like, all the characters go to a, a Mike Kroll show. Of course you would like, know about that. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're like, yeah, it's like it's like... Rocking in the suburbs. I forgot the exact quote, but it's like something like, you know, you're you're missing the suburbs, like you're longing for the return of the suburbs kind of thing. Yeah, it, that's really accurate for this album. Yeah. I can definitely sense that there's something that's very I don't know if the if this is the right word, but there's definitely a sense of like old school mentality behind this. Mm-hmm. Like not that I'm saying he's trying to make an old school album it sounds like something that maybe could have worked in the 90s as well yeah i guess what i'm trying to say but i didn't mind that one bit in fact that's what really kept me engaged through this whole album it's not only just a beat but there's a lot of catchy parts there's some really fun guitar riffs throughout yeah this he, album he as knows well. how to write a good song i'll tell you that i really really especially like the track little drama which I think is, if you guys are going to get into this, for those of you at home who are listening, that's the first track to check out. Because, man, is that a strong single right there. Yeah, that one's fun. And I, and I like the song titles, too, on here. You know, I mean, there's songs about love and heartbreak and all that kind of usual stuff. But I, I love that the opening track is power chords. Power chords, yeah. yeah. That's funny because, you know, he mostly plays power chords. Exactly, so it's like yeah. it makes sense. And it's like, oh, wow, it's a really fun. It's a groovy album. I don't know. I can't can't say anything bad about it really yeah it's it's small in scope but that works to its benefit yeah that's not a detriment at all i think the very you know kind of just simpleness to the songs are what really makes this album work so well that's kind of his charm too it's the simpleness the playfulness the kind of like you know oh you can still like it's like fun but you can like safely rock out to it too this is an album that'd be perfect for the summer yeah it really will be Uh, i know It'll be a good summer album to play. Once it starts getting warmer again down here in Florida, I'm going to be playing this one quite a lot. Heck yes. Now, would you think that there's maybe not a lot of substance to this album? Or is it one of those kind of things where, hey, this is how he is. He works within the confines of what works for his style. He doesn't need to go outside of that. Um, I would probably agree with that. There's very much, you know, if you listen to his first two albums, the only thing really that's changed is maybe more layering of guitars kind of thing and just kind of, you know, longer songs, really. Mm -hmm. You know, his first album is not very long. It's probably 25, 30 minutes in length. So probably there's more substance on these albums than his other ones, but the other songs are good too. But like, I don't know, sometimes with like shorter songs, it always leaves me wanting more. Yeah. Yeah, so just kind of like, 
I need more. Like, I wish there was more of this song. Like, it's a really good song. Like, one of his um, big songs, it is called, oh my God, what's it called off the top of my head? 15 minutes. It's very quick. It's short. It's sweet. It's to the point. But it's like, oh, it feels like a tiny bit longer. But this definitely kind of puts him in a new light and it shows, oh, wow, he can write longer songs and they're pretty catchy. But yeah, as far as like his sound and stuff, it hasn't really changed. It's still pretty much the same sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I sometimes that just works for an artist. Sometimes you don't need them to change. Yeah, and I feel like he has a lot of ideas, so it doesn't sound like it's old yet. No, it it, it I can imagine that being the case. Obviously, I don't know his earlier work, but I think what's here is works well enough that you that you, yeah you don't need to change up too much. I, I definitely felt like I was wanting more though like you were saying yeah so i'll kind of go into my final thoughts i mean keep this review short and sweet just like this album here i i really think that if you're someone who kind of wants a fun throwback i don't know would you consider this almost in the realm of like pop punk you wouldn't right like what would you compare it to because i got a little bit of like smashing pumpkins at points in here too yeah it's it's very lo-fi fun garage rock oh it's definitely garage rock i guess that's kind of like i don't know you ever see like those bands that are trying to like emulate like punk bands and you're just like they miss it by everything Mm -hmm. mike kroll has it he does i don't know what what it is about him maybe if it's just his style the the guitars and distortion he uses but he just has it and i think that's kind of what separates him from other bands who play punk music yeah and it's kind of cool to hear you know someone who does get the style you know there's not a lot of there's a lot of rock bands out today as we're going to be talking about in a few minutes here but Mm -hmm. there's not like you know one artist centrally that you know people are looking to idolize or like trying to you know do a sounder style so i think that's kind of where mike kroll comes in and he's like here's some just straight good rock jams yeah his his style is small it's not big and bombastic it's not stadium rock it's meant to be that kind of you're you're standing at the same level that he's at when he's playing in the garage yeah type of thing and while there's not i think a lot of substance on this album a lot of the song topics are really kind of the same and you know there's not really a lot of variety there i i don't think i was ever surprised but i was enjoying it quite a bit and really ultimately that's why it's going to get a buy it nice which is also a download it oh download it okay well, I'm going to go one step above you, and I'm going to give this and own it, because I actually have it on vinyl. I pre-ordered it. Oh, what do you know? Yeah, it's got it's like a clear edition, so it's really cool, and I'm a huge fan, and I like it a lot, and it's a good, solid rock album, so definitely check it out. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. And here we go. <laughs> so there, there's a couple things I thought about really hard before we talk about this next album which is weezer's the teal album i thought you know i could go the eminem route that we did and really just stab a knife into its heart like julius caesar it you know but i might be nicer but not by much and i'm not going to try to complain about it because as liam gallagher once said this album is not for me mate and this is definitely the case and i just But then that begs the question, who is this album for? Well, it's either A, Weezer was like, hmm, you know, we do have to write two albums this year per our contract. Covers. (laughs) I I think it's important, too, before we jump into this, is to talk about the importance of this Africa song that they've done. 
So for those of you who uh, live under a rock, basically this... Hey, I resent that. I live under a rock. <laughs> I'm sorry, rock. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Caffeine hasn't kicked in properly yet. Um, so I think a Twitter user reached out to Weezer and was like, you guys should bless the rains down in Africa and basically like cover Africa. And eventually they gave in and they covered Toto's Rosanna uh, to the troll's delight. <laughs> it was like a 15-year-old girl or something, and she just really likes Africa and just loves Weezer. And then eventually they covered Africa, and to say it blew up is an understatement. It was played on radios. They played it on late night. They did a music video with Weird Al in it. Which is honestly the best thing to come of that. Yeah, oh, for sure. But it just became more than it, I think, and they anticipated, and I think they really saw this appeal. So have you seen Weezer play before? Live? No. Okay. I've seen them a couple times now. Okay. Um, I feel like a lot of these songs on these albums, I've seen them do, they've done live. Like, they've, I've definitely seen them play Paranoid live. Happy Together, I know I've seen a video on YouTube of them playing that. And a couple other of these, I feel like, are in their repertoire. So. Good word there. Thank you. So I feel like this album, to me, is just, like, almost gimmicky and just, like, Eh, you know, we played these a couple times. Like, like if you saw Weezer live, and they are very good live. I've seen them multiple times. And, you know, if they snuck in, like, everybody wants to rule the world, like, that'd be cool. You know, like, I wouldn't complain about it. I'd be like, oh, that's nifty. Weezer did this cool cover. But I think having just, like, a whole album of covers just kills it for me. I agree. I think the novelty of this wears off really quick as you're listening to it. Covers are difficult. They're more difficult than I think a lot of people realize because either you're going to cover a song and it just doesn't sound anywhere as good as the original source or the cover that you do is just a beat for beat remake and it adds absolutely nothing new. And you get a lot of beat for beat remakes on this album. Yes, you do. A lot of beat for beat remakes and a lot of like, well, I just want to listen to the original music now. Yeah, I mean, some of them are listenable. I think a big thing for me that really, really threw me off was some of the mixing on some of these, um, particularly Mr. Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. There's some like weird things happening with like the, the drums. drums. The drums are just overpowering. And I'm not going to bash Weezer's drummer, but, you know, for a lot of in, in Ringo Starr vein, the drums are very simple. They don't, it's more about the crunch and what everyone else is doing and the drums kind of complement it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think having his drums so loud really helps anyone here. It does not. It really honestly makes the song unlistenable. Yeah. What I turned, I think I turned it off or at least skipped two of the songs because I was like, nope. Uh, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. I th- I and think... I don't mean to keep on, you know, harping on these guys because a lot of people have. No, yeah. You know? But just, I think also the way it was mixed and the auto-tune, I don't know why Rivers has started using auto-tune on like everything, but it's not good. It sounds like a soundtrack to a Disney musical. Yeah, it just sounds too robotic. And it's it... like, he can sing, like, yeah. and if he's worried about like age, like, why should that matter? Like, you're in a rock band, man. You're in Weezer. Like, who cares? Like, just... Yeah. They don't use as much auto-tune as they do on their other songs, and it's just really annoying. 
Agreed. Agreed. I, I just also think that some of these songs are really just missing some life. Yeah, there's no life in them. It's like they've got some interesting choices here, such as No Scrubs, which, you know, okay, that's at first you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. They're doing a, you know, female song like that was, uh, what was it, three members, right? Right. And... See, but there's a difference. So They Might Be Giants, one of my favorite bands, covered Bills, Bills, Bills by TLC. Mm-hmm. But they changed it so much that it became almost a new song. Yes. Like it used like, you know, palm muting, like dun, 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 dun. like it became a whole new song. Weezer just literally said, okay, rock, drums, you do what they originally did. Guitar, you do what they originally did. Like there's no creativity to it. No, there is absolutely not. For that kind of song. But, but I will... there's no fun to it. Right. None whatsoever. Like how do you not have fun singing this song? Yeah. Like, I just kind of feel like you just missed the whole mark with it. Right, which is why it makes sense to see it more in a live situation. Yeah, and it's just like there's such a laissez-faire attitude with them doing this, too. Hey, nice word, too. Thanks. Um, wow, we just did that at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that was we did. Beautiful. Wow, that was <laughs> We finish each other's. Tax returns. <laughs> so I just think they kind of just did this because it's like, eh, you know. <laughs> People are liking what we did with Africa. It's getting radio play. Yeah. Let's just make an album out of it. And they have a new album coming out, the Black Album, coming out in a couple months or so. Mm. So kind of drive up some hype. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I, I don't hate this. I, I And I'm kind of in the same boat that you are. I want to be nicer about it. Because I recognize that this is just kind of like a fun spur of the moment thing. They didn't give an official release date on this. It came out in the middle of last week. Yep, surprise. So, you know, it's not something that's meant to be taken as heavily as their normal stuff. No. But I'm not one of those people that believes that Weezer can't do good albums anymore. In fact, I think one of their last albums that they did, I, I think it was the White Album, was actually pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to our will, buddy John for showing that to me. Everything Will Be All Right in the End was pretty decent, too. Yeah, you know what? I listened to a little bit of that as well. So it's not like they can't do new stuff. I'm not one of those people that's like, ah, oh, they don't do Pinkerton or the Blue Album anymore. So yeah, we're not, we're not like purists like those SNL folks. <laughs> Although I would very much want to see that SNL sketch now that this album came out. I, I agree. But I totally there, agree with that. But... There are some really bad songs on here. I have to say, Billie Jean, I, I skipped it. Uh, yeah. Like, some of those, like, no one can do what Michael Jackson did, let alone cover a Michael Jackson song, but doing all the hee-hees and all the woo, like, it's awkward. it was bad. Like, yeah. I was just like, what? Okay, sure. Yeah, and it's one thing if he was kind of doing it and, like, I don't know, it almost sounded like... I don't know. Not that he was doing a parody, but that he was kind of just having fun in almost yeah. a like karaoke bar type of setting. Yeah, it definitely was not that. Yeah, it sounded like he was like, no, I need to nail this. Yeah. And that's not a good look for him. It's really not. I, I also just kind of feel like, too, that Stand By Me loses its impact so much with that cover, too. Yeah. It just doesn't hit you the same way whatsoever. And I don't mean to compare. I just don't think it works if you don't have that power behind it. Yeah. Also, Paranoid. Oh, Oof. yeah. That was that was a rough one, too. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Like, when you see, when you see any interviews about 
them recently or even the interview about this album it just kind of sounded like ah you know we're just having fun you know this is a band that's been around for a while you know they they still do live shows and still sell out these crowds like they still have an audience and i'm sure the audience that saw this album coming out were really excited for it but i just don't think they are they didn't sound like that this is something that they were really passionate about it's not there the passion is just not there for any of these songs yeah i didn't feel it either i think we can jump in here yeah i, I ugh, oof, brother i i keep on going back and forth on what kind of rating i want to yeah. give this i'm really struggling do you want to go first yeah sure i i feel like at some point i've seen youtube videos of them covering all these songs and i think in a live setting it's cool to see because it's like, oh, wow, they, you know, kind of what I said earlier, oh, cool, they just did a little interlude and played that. But I think making an album of it and, like, just trying to jump off the hype of Africa, I I get it, but it's not for me, and I don't really desire to hear Weezer's cover of Mr. Blue Sky. No. Like, I don't know. It just, just it doesn't do it for me because it just feels so empty. Like, these songs, so Africa, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, Take On Me, Happy Together. Like, those songs, all these songs are very passionate songs. And when they were covered, you know, originally by the artists who did them, like, there's a lot of energy and passion and, you know, epicness behind them. But I just feel like somehow the mixing, the auto-tune, and just the instrumentation of things just suck the life out of a lot of these. And the fact that they didn't add anything new to it to the songs just killed it for me so i think it is at least a stream it i won't give it a trash it but i think it's worth checking out one or two of these just say okay you know that's kind of cool what they did but i would not come back to it i'm glad to hear you say stream it because i'm going to give it the same as well it's not offensive enough to go into our two lowest uh, ratings no it's just not exciting enough to return to again and again and maybe some people will like the novelty of this album more than us I, I can definitely see that being the case i just don't think that these are good covers it's not what they've selected it's the performances themselves yeah they it definitely should have gone through another round of mixing especially the vocals there's some couple blips and blurbs where river singing it just does not sound good no it, it just doesn't it's obvious that he doesn't have the vocal range for some of these songs which is fine well. but yeah. own that and make it your own in the cover yeah like don't rely on auto-tune to fix it like you're they're already playing the key, the songs in like two keys down yeah. So you might as well just own it, you know? Exactly. I mean, and you might as well just have fun with it. I can't stress that enough. This album should be fun, and it never feels that way. How they accomplish that is an impressive feat well, it's on its, it's own. It's all but... the mixing, man. Mixing will do everything. That's, yeah. That's how, you know, back to the Microl album. Sure, is it the best quality I've ever heard in my life? Of course not. But it's fun because you feel it. Yeah, there's an energy. There's he's passionate about what he's saying and singing and what he's doing. Like there's no passion behind this. And you really feel like you're there watching him in a garage. What I feel like I'm seeing is a pre-recorded taping of Weezer during a New Year's Eve special. Mm-hmm. Like that's what this reminds me of. Yeah, just total lip-syncing quality performance right here from them. Mm. And. That's just so frustrating. Yeah, but you're right, though. Check it out. Maybe get a chuckle or two. Maybe not the way that they intended. But ultimately, I think it's a 
purely a stream it by all definition because really this is just something you should not be putting any money towards but it's not they're making enough money on africa yeah exactly i was actually pretty upset so urban outfitters put out africa on vinyl mm-hmm. i pre-ordered it and then it was pulled because they were selling the vinyl for a record store day thing mm-hmm. so i never got it yeah <laughs> i, was I like, mean they at least gave you your money back right yeah but like still like come on that's dumb so, so, that, yeah that's that that's really lame it's obvious that they're trying to take advantage of it they probably also weren't planning to make enough pressings of it either so they were like well you know we're only gonna make i don't know a thousand of these so let's make it something exclusive really drive up the price and yeah you're gonna get a bunch of people reselling that on ebay oh easily yeah it's it's just never a good sign when you have a covers album that really makes you want to listen to the original songs instead of the covers themselves yeah never ever a good sign well i I can I can just see the disappointment on your face. I really can. Uh, it's, I, I have a I have a good album to go back to and one that I won't. So yeah, and hey, that's how it works out. Sometimes. I have a feeling we'll definitely talk about the Black Album. Yes, we will. But you know, the two songs that have come out with it, there was a Die Zombie Bastards. Yeah, and something like that. I don't can't stop the hustle. Yes, that's right. I feel like the problem with Weezer, you know. Pitchfork put like this huge article. It was like, "Will Weezer ever get good again?" or stuff like that. <laughs> like, I I'm going to say yes, but I think they are just writing music to the wrong crowd of people. Yes, they're trying to you know get that those millennials. They're trying to be cool. They're trying to be edgy and trying to be of, too cutesy. Right, but the whole point of like the Blue Album was to be a nerd and to be like accepting of how lame you were, and that's why it made it so good. He, he put out a tweet the other day, uh, River, the lead singer, basically saying, like, how am I not a Wes Anderson character? <laughs> and I saw that, and it's like, you really think highly of yourself, don't you there, buddy? I mean, it's okay to think highly of yourself, <laughs> but I just think they're writing the music for the wrong people. I just think... Like, it, come on, die, you zombie bastards. Like, that sounds like a Minecraft, like, obsessed 14-year-old. Exactly. Like, That's why you can't compare yourself to Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson wouldn't come up with something cheesy like that. No, of course not. But I mean, of course, it'd be, like, very, you know, dry. You know, like, oh, this is my zombie-killing handbook. Rivers, if you're listening, if you want to impress Wes Anderson, more symmetry. <laughs> you need that symmetry, my friend. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yep. Well, buddy... Hopefully next episode will be will be more upbeat, will be less cranky. Everybody out there, let us know what you think. I know there are people who are a fan of the Teal album. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us on social media. Tell, tell us tell us these covers are great. Yeah, yeah. Tell it tell us otherwise. Tell us why we have messed up big time and we'll read it on our next episode. We sure will. We're we'll pretty much read anything that you send us at this point. <laughs> even though that letter from the nigerian prince oh yeah he's offering me a car i get to pick it up next week is oh, it crazy nice. all i had to do is give him my social security number wow that is awesome you I lucked know. out buddy oh, sure did <laughs> well thank you for listening in everybody can't wait for you to hear our next episode i think we have some artists lined up for that but in the meantime be sure to follow us on social media we are on instagram we are on twitter we're also on facebook we also have a website which is g4dpodcast.com and you can download and listen to all our episodes there yes sir you can all right well um i was trying to come up with a weezer themed way of going out here but i don't, I don't think i'm going to be able to do say it say it ain't so whoa, whoa. we got to go whoa, whoa. <laughs> 
My podcast is a heartbreaker. Aww. <laughs> hey, folks, we love all you. Shout out to G4D fam. We'll see you next time here on G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of G4D, Grounds for Discussion with Adam and John. Stay up to date on future episodes and all our caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at g4dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of G4D, Grounds for Discussion with Adam and John. Stay up to date on future episodes and all our caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4Dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.